Well, our scripture reading uh, this morning is just one verse from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. The word of God for the people of God. Well, this morning, I wanted to share with you a perspective on, on the gospel that I think is both important and uh, also very relevant. Uh, the message this morning is the gospel in four chapters. Uh, recently, I was at a meeting with Dr. Paul Chilcote, who is a Wesley uh, scholar here in the Florida Conference, and he talked about the gospel in four chapters, and it really struck me uh, as I thought about that and thought about how important that really is to have this perspective and this understanding. So I give him credit, although I don't think the idea originated with him. Uh, but it's, this morning, what we're going to do is just look at the gospel in a nutshell, to look at the gospel in, in four chapters. You know, the Bible has a lot of chapters, so uh, we're going to narrow it down to four that pretty well explain the gospel. So here's the, the gospel in four chapters. Chapter one, creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And there was, um, there was darkness, there was chaos, and God brought out of that form and purpose. And first there was the creation of light, and God separated the day from the night. And when God looked at what, um, what God had done, God saw that it was good. It was good. And then God separated the sea and the sky. And God saw that it was good. And God caused the waters to reside, uh, you know, the land to appear and vegetation began to grow on the land. And God looked at it and saw that it was good. And then God created the stars and the sun and the moon. And God saw that it was good. And then God created sea animals and the birds. And so he filled the water and he filled the sky with life. And God saw that it was good. And then God created the rest of the land animals, and God created human beings. And as a matter of fact, God created us with the image of God residing in us. So that every person has the image of God. And God saw that it was good. Do you notice the theme here? Everything God created, God saw that it was good good. God created it good. The world, all the material things, they're not bad. They're not evil. God made them good. And when God made human beings, he created them good. And residing within them is the very image of God. So this is chapter one. This is how the story begins. God creates everything and God sees that everything that is created is good. It's good. Chapter 2, the fall. So God set up Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, and there was plenty for them to eat, 
and they were surrounded by beauty and they had this sense of wonder and God would even come and walk among them in the garden. Uh, the rules were simple. Uh, as a matter of fact, there's only one rule. Don't eat the fruit from this particular tree. And most of you know the story. The snake tempted Eve and then Adam was tempted to eat the fruit uh, that they were not supposed to eat. And what happened, you know, really is the snake put a doubt in Adam and Eve's mind. He said, you know, if you eat this fruit, then you'll be like God and you will no longer have to depend on God to tell you what to do. And what he did was he really planted a seed of mistrust. You really can't trust God to do what's best for you. So if you knew, then you could do what's best for yourself and you wouldn't have to trust God to do it. And so the snake convinced them that they, they, they couldn't trust God for what was best for them. They needed to take matters into their own hands and take care of themselves. Someone told me one time that they wish Adam and Eve had not messed up and eaten the fruit and then the world that we're in wouldn't be in such a mess today. It's easy to blame Adam and Eve, but the truth is their story, the story of the first, the real first family, is the story of all of us. And so we aren't messed up because Adam and Eve sinned. We're messed up because we sinned. Uh, that, that's where the bottom line comes. Carlisle Marney was a, a Baptist preacher who um, ended up, he was the executive director of an ecumenical um, group that ended up meeting and doing retreats at Lake uh, Junaluska, our Methodist conference center. Someone asked Dr. Marley, uh, Dr. Marney one day, does anybody know the location of the Garden of Eden? And Dr. Marney said, Absolutely. I know exactly where it is. Really? You know where the Garden of Eden is? Well, tell me. It's at 347 Maple Street, Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> You're crazy. That's not where it is. Yeah, it is. Because that's where I lived when I was seven years old. And I stole some money from my mama's purse. And I went to the store down the street and I bought some candy. And I came home, and I hid in the closet to eat it. And my mama came by looking for me, and she called out my name. But I was afraid to answer. And the first time in my life, I felt ashamed. And I knew that I had done something wrong. The Garden of Eden is at 347 Maple Street, Nashville, Tennessee. We all have our gardens of Eden. We remember the times that we've messed up. And like Adam and Eve, our sin separates us from God. And this beautiful creation in which there existed harmony with nature and harmony with each other and harmony with God was broken. Chapter 3, redemption. So how do we repair this, this breach how do we reconcile ourselves with God? How is the harmony of creation restored? How is the harmony of, with us, with each other, how is it, is it put back together? And it turns out it's not something we could do on our own. And so God became flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. 
And he lived the way God intends for all of us to live. He, he, he showed us what it was like to be a human being living a life that lived out the kingdom of God in this world. He taught. He did miracles. Most of all, he loved. And eventually, the powers that be saw him for the threat to their way of life that he really was and still is. So they had him arrested and beaten and crucified. And then he died, as dead as anybody's ever been dead. And they took his lifeless body down from the cross. They buried him in a garden tomb. And then they went home. And they came back three days later to anoint the body with spices because they hadn't been able to do that before because of the Sabbath. And when they got there, the body was gone. But that's not the best news. The best news was he's alive. And they saw him. And he stayed with them. And he taught them for 40 days. And then he ascended to heaven. And so through Jesus' incarnation and life and death and resurrection, God made possible to us reconciliation from all this brokenness. The gap that separated us from God was now closed. And what Jesus did for us enabled us to be redeemed and to live in relationship with God both in this life and in the life to come. What was broken was now mended. And a way back to God was now available to everyone who wanted it. And you didn't have to earn it. As a matter of fact, you can't earn it. It's a free gift. John Wesley called it justifying grace. Chapter 4, Restoration. Once we begin our relationship with God, then the Holy Spirit works within us to renew that image of God that we were created with. And we are being redeemed each day to become more like Jesus. And the rest of our lives is a journey of growth and restoration. And John Wesley called that sanctifying grace. We don't remain the same when our relationship with God is restored, we start to bear fruit of that relationship. We start to live more like Jesus lived. And, and none of us are going to ever reach full maturity in this life. We're never going to be perfect. But this is our journey each day for as long as we live to become more like Jesus. And then this restoration doesn't just include our relationship with God. It includes our relationship with each other. Because as we grow, we learn better how to love one another and how to live together with one another. And, and it doesn't even just include those relationships because St. Paul writes about the restoration of all creation. You know, the first chapter was creation. And St. Paul says this covers all of it. That nature has also been broken and groans for the day that it will be restored. And we can see the effects today of a natural order that is not at peace within creation. And one day that too will be restored. So we're taught that one day Jesus will return and on that day the whole world will proclaim him as Lord. And all of creation will be redeemed and restored. The lion and the lamb will lay down together, the prophet Isaiah says. The Apostle John envisions for us a great banquet in a city with a beautiful garden where there will be no more tears, 
no more death, and no more sorrow. That's the gospel in four chapters. Creation, the fall, redemption, and restoration. And I think it's a very accurate description of what the Bible teaches about our relationship to God and to each other and to creation. But here's the problem. Is that many of us grew up not with the gospel in four chapters, but a whole bunch of us grew up with the gospel in two chapters. We never were taught the other two. And in many evangelical churches, especially in America, reduced the gospel to just the second and third chapters. Just the fall and the redemption. That's all we were taught about. And when we leave out the other two chapters, we get this really skewed understanding of what it means to be Christian. Because too many churches start the gospel in chapter 2 with the fall. They begin with a humanity that is lost and depraved and sinful. We start out that way, separated from God. But the gospel starts with creation, where we are created good. And in us is the very image of God. We weren't made in sin. We were made in the image of God. And if we start there, we get a whole different picture than if we start in chapter 2. Philip Newell is a priest and a scholar from Scotland. He's a, a spokesman for Celtic Christianity throughout the world. He was in the United States speaking, and he was making this very point. That if you start with chapter 1, you see humanity differently than if you start with chapter 2. And when he finished his speech, a Native American man went up to him. And he said, can you imagine how different history would have been if the white Christians who came to our land had seen us as human beings created in the image of God? instead of lost, sinful savages who needed to be subdued. It would have changed everything. And ending, the, 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 see, the way we see, the way we start, whichever chapter we start with, really determines how we see other people. And it determines how we see ourselves. And ending the story at chapter 3 has also been damaging. Because when you end with redemption then you're left standing there holding a ticket to heaven when you die and nothing to do until then. Once you've been redeemed, there's nothing else to do. There's not a call on your life to grow and to produce fruit. There's no future restoration to be at work towards. And so to many people in modern, especially evangelical Christianity, live in only two chapters of the gospel which means they see the whole world like this. Everybody is rotten and terrible until they get saved, and then once you get saved, you wait around till you go to heaven. And generations of young adults are walking away from Christianity because this gospel doesn't make sense to them. Something of the good news seems to be missing. And they're right. 
two whole chapters is missing. That's what's missing. And we need to understand that we were created good. You were created in the image of God, every single one of us. You are the beloved of God. God's image resides within you. And that is why you are a human being full of worth. You are loved. You are loved. And, and, and you know, chapter 2 is real. Um, you know, in spite of the fact that we were made in the image of God, we still managed to mess things up. We managed to mess up our relationship with God. We managed to mess up relationships with other people. You know, we, I, don't believe, I don't believe anybody in this room lives under the illusion that you are perfect and sin-free. We all know the addresses of our gardens of Eden. Someone said to me once, you need to preach more about sin. Why don't you tell people they're sinners? Because they already know that. <laughs> What they don't know is that God loves them anyway. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to tell them. Because they may not have known that. That God still loves us. And there are a lot of people who haven't heard that yet. Chapter 3 is real too. Because even though we mess up, we can be forgiven of all the things that haunt us. We're accepted by God as we are. We don't have to get everything cleaned up. We don't have to make everything right, get everything figured out. God has already taken the first step to make everything right. And we can change. We can be redeemed. And once we experience that grace, then we begin chapter 4, this long adventure of restoration. And we get to spend the rest of our lives becoming more like Jesus and it's not static. It's not a linear path. Sometimes we slip backwards. Sometimes we find ourselves going in circles and we mess up again and again. But God is with us and God is restoring us and God leads us into the work of helping other people restore their relationship with God and restoring our relationships with each other and even restoring creation back to what it's supposed to be. We have so much left to do after we experience forgiveness and redemption. It all started out good in the garden of creation. And then it fell apart in the garden of Eden. And then things were made right again in a garden with a tomb. And now we all get to work together, reconciling people to God and to each other and to creation making our world start to look more like that garden in the city of God that it will one day become. That's the gospel in four chapters. Don't settle for anything less than all four.